Welcome to the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Coming to you from Dallas, Texas. Here's your host, Tim Wilkins. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another great episode of the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. I'm joined by the co-host of co-hosts, Chris, joining me once again. And today's topic is uh, boo-hoo, Danny Hamlin won at Pocono. That's the, and is the move, that's the controversy of the matter. And Chris, thank you for joining me. But today's episode, uh, we had a few days to, I guess you could say, ravel in the pain and suffering of a Danny Hamlin win. Uh, but I, I just think that, um, I, I, I have zero, I don't have enough respect for Danny Hamlin. So it's, uh, I just, uh, you know, I get it. He's a good race car driver, but, uh, he's, uh, as I like to call a resident douche canoe. So, um, like to see, I mean, obviously it was a good Pocono is a tough track. Chris, I think you can, you and I both agree on that one. Pocono is not an easy race. Uh, a tricky three turns. Each turn is not the same as the other one. But uh, let me hear your thoughts on it before we kind of dive into it here a little bit. I mean, I, I have some thoughts on it, but I don't want to sit on my soapbox all afternoon. Yeah, Tim. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I think it was definitely a uh, an interesting race. Um, you know, first of all, one of the biggest things I'll say is um, what a crowd there they had for the for the uh Pocono race you know they've last few years they've gone down to one race as opposed to the normal two and um looks like they've done some uh upgrades to the facility and stuff and they had a, I mean the infield looked packed the grandstands looked packed so that was definitely uh definitely cool to see but yeah I mean when it comes down to it uh you know battle between two guys who who want to win and um you know there's I'm sure for many folks who maybe listen to Denny's podcast this week, I mean, it was obviously a, a monumental win for him. It was his seventh win at Pocono. It was the 600th win for for Toyota um, in in NASCAR, and uh, it was Denny's 50th win of his of his NASCAR career. So, you know, click checked off a lot of uh, proverbial boxes, but definitely, uh, you know, by the way the crowd, uh, the way the crowd, uh, you know, saluted him post race. Uh, definitely not a lot of, uh, of happy people there. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, just part of the, uh, part of the game and we'll, you know, we're going to talk more about, uh, talk more about Denny and more about, you know, the decorum of drivers on and off the racetrack and, um, in this episode. Yeah, man. And the reason why I want to kind of talk and dive into some of these things, because it, 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 as a fan, I get why fandom booed the crap out of Denny. And, and, and I understand, you know, I, I, I get it. Um, but if you watch the the race play out, NASCAR kind of almost dropped the ball there a, a little bit with the Chris Buescher thing. Um, you know, did he get himself started again? Did he? Yeah. And, and there's a little bit of gray area there. So I, I'll leave I'll leave that to the some semantics of Twitter because uh, there's a lot of that going on right now this week on Twitter. Um, but to me, 
it kind of played out in a very unique sequence of events. I think Chris, you can agree with me on that. It, it he he didn't wreck Alex Bowman, but he took enough air off of Alex Bowman into that turn one and two, and it it put it gave an arrow push. Now you pack some air, and and Denny is a great packer of air. He knows he loves it. He's like the modern Dale Dale Earnhardt when it comes to the air game. He, he loves that crap. But in a sense, with Kyle Larson, did Kyle Larson give him the corner? Uh, no. It's well, down I mean, to the we, wire. I mean, if you can watch that sequence, guys, everyone can watch the replay for themselves. And we all had different interpretations of it. And I, and I understand before going into this saga, <laughs> let's, let's get that s- out the way now. <laughs> I think we're, we're me and you're going to differ in this episode. I'm going to sound more probably like a Denny apologist than, uh, than you will, but you know, well, you know, I already made it clear that I am a, uh, I call him the resident douche canoe for a reason. So, I mean, it is what it is. One, one of the, cha- I mean, I'd say one of the challenges and with, with, you know, I, I, I can't even say this car. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's been a, it's been a thing in NASCAR for probably the last you know, two decades plus is, you know, aerodynamics plays such a factor with these race cars. Again, I'm not an engineer, but aerodynamics plays such a factor with these race cars now that, you know, you're not, and Denny alluded to it. And I'd say one of the things that's, and again, I'm going to sound like a total Denny Homer right now, but one of the things that Denny does a really good job on, on his podcast actions, detrimentals, he breaks things down really well to a digestible yeah, you know, where it's digestible for people who don't drive a race car. Um, and he's mentioned, it's very true that at a lot of these racetracks and for the most part, I mean, pretty much all the way across the board, you're not going to go up and just pass people like the days of, you know, say you get a speeding penalty and you, you go to the back and you got a really good race car. You just can drive up through the field. Like those days are pretty much over because track position plays such a factor now and it's so difficult to pass. And I think, it's been exacerbated by the fact of the of this next gen car because everybody's driving the same stuff. It's the same brakes, the same chassis, the same everything. So you know when everybody knows what everyone's doing, if you're not doing it, then um, you know that it's you'd be at a disadvantage. Um, so I, I think from from perspective of when you look at the Alex Bowman wreck or the Alex Bowman wreck, I mean. You, even Kyle Larson too. You have you have one good chance to pass these guys. If a guy makes a mistake or a guy a guy um, messes up, like you have to pounce on it. There is no oh, let's give wait till the next corner and give it a try. Like if you don't jump on it, you, you may not get another chance just because track position and aerodynamics and all that plays such a such a factor. Well, I mean. Here's where I differ for you and you on this one, Chris, is the fact that a lot of what I believe would happen to the Alex Bowman wreck, I'm not sure the exact lap it happened. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was a, you know, there was some time left in the race. And, and there, well, I'm not talking about like, hey, it's, it's it, you, wait, wait your turn. No, I'm not talking about that concept. What I'm waiting for is anyone that's driven Pocono on any kind of simulator or any kind of, in the race kind of in this format, that is a momentum, you know, the restart, you guys pushing the, everyone's just pushing each other into turn one. If you watch these restarts, these guys are hauling ass and pushing each other and trying to break loose of each other and then dive into one. So when you watch the Bowman thing, do I think that was 
an intentional thing? No, I, I think that was just a racing deal. He drove it in there hard because these guys are getting pushed, and you, you kind of, you know, you may not may not drive in there intentionally that hard or that far in, but hell, if a guy's pushing you to do it, you kind of have no choice, and that kind of how that that played out there. And then the Kyle Larson thing. The reason why this is even a topic for me is I don't appreciate a driver getting out of the car and boldface lying to my lying eyes. My eyes don't lie to me. TV cameras are spread across the track. I get it why Kyle Larson's pissed, if he was pissed. I mean, maybe he's a little cooled off now. It's Wednesday. But to me, you, you, you made contact with me, bud. You know, you dove it in there. You cut, you, you cut me off. You cut my nose off. And you can sit there and tell me you didn't, but you did. And, and how I knew that you did was you made enough contact to know that your nose, whatever those stupid flaps on the damn nose of the, the hood of the car, flapped down. So you packed enough air. The reason why you packed enough air there, genius, is you hit me contact with him. And you made enough contact with him where he lost, and as his as his mentality states is, I gave him a lane. Give me a break, dude. I, that's not a lane. You literally were taking that that lane, regardless if he lifted or not. He did the same exact thing to many drivers. He's done it to Ross Chastain, which, by the way, this is no different than I'm not. I'm not saying this is the same thing. Ross Chastain and him were like ugly stepbrothers for a long time on the track, and they still probably are. But Kyle Larson, they're not exact. I know they say they're friends, Chris, but like, how how are you a friend when a guy, if you look at the history of some of these guys, you're going to sit there and tell me that Bowman and, and Denny, they race each other like ass clowns. And then you got Larson uh, at Las Vegas with him. I mean, there's plenty of opportunities to go through the list of history that these, think- guys, these guys don't race each other like they're buddy-buddy. But at that point, Hamlet needs to fess up to it and go, it's for the win. Like, just own up to the fact that you're racing hard and shit happens. Like, don't don't be like, oh, I didn't touch him. Don't do that. Don't do that bullshit. I think think he did that to a certain extent. I mean, here's here's the thing. I mean, we we talk politics on this show a lot. You know, politicians, for the most part, never say that they did something wrong. Like, you agree, right? Well, yeah. Let's just remove the fact that if he did admit to actually intentionally doing that, he probably would have gotten him fine from NASCAR. Exactly. Let's, wait, wait. Yeah, so, uh, let's just let's just take that into consideration too, yeah. as well. So, you like, can't, I'm you, not, you can't you can't admit that, that's uh, where you, that's that's where I think you cop out and say we're racing hard for the win, right? Mm-hmm. But don't bold face lie to people and say, "Oh, I didn't touch him." No, nah, man, we're just racing. This is own up to it. Hey, it's a racing incident. We were racing real hard there and won. And uh, I, I thought I would, you know, let's make up some bullshit. We see, we, we hear these drivers make up enough bullshit on their interviews to like, I mean, literally they sound robotic at times. Like it's like, all right, here's, here's, it's like Joe Biden with a cue card of what the hell do I say? Sponsored number. Okay. Bullshit. All right. And go back to, go back to the hauler. Like now, that's kind of how these drivers are now. They're so robotic. They don't, now, they're afraid now, to say what they want. <laughs> if you're, I mean, let, let's, let's, let's do this. If you're a team owner, like let's, you know, Tim Wilkins Motorsports, let's say you're a team owner, you have, you have a driver who, you know, for the most part is being paid a lot of money. I mean, Denny is, if not the highest paid driver currently still in the cup series. Um, That's because he's if, been there the damn cup series so damn long. <laughs> if, if he doesn't, if he doesn't um, 
if he doesn't make that move and they come off side by side in the t- it, heading down into turn two and eventually Larson's going to clear him because, you know, for the most part, because unless he makes a mistake uh, because of momentum and, and having the, having the best, having the better line. If you, you as Tim Wilkins team owner, like what, what, what's your thoughts on it? I would say that as a, as a, as a, as a car owner, I want my driver to be a hard, steadfast race car driver, but at the same time, don't pussyfoot around the media either. You know, I listen, I would, I, if I have a sponsor on that race car that paying a hefty font money to win a race, I get that. And I understand he has some legacy sponsors, by the way, who are the longest tenure sponsors in the sport. FedEx being one of them as a primary sponsor. Obviously they've changed the number of races over the years, but he's, there's still a primary sponsor of his race car. And and I understand that and that mentality, but as a you can't tell me that Joe Gibbs and him didn't have a meeting and say, really you didn't touch him. How are you going to get around that one this week? What, like and it's like that's what I would bust his balls about. I wouldn't bust his balls about the race move because a lot of race car drivers would have done exactly the same thing. I don't hate the race move. What I hate is the response and the reaction all over the radio in NASCAR, like it's some kind of drama WWE fight. I hate that. I'm sorry, but Larson was getting egged on by Cliff Daniels to go do something during caution. Like, I'm sorry, but if you listen to the radio between these guys, what, what, why do we want to hype up rate? Don't, don't, don't get your, don't get yourself penalized for stupidity to cost you a potential championship down the line. Be smart. Go get him back later. And don't say yeah. that shit on the radio because you know NASCAR is the wiser. So don't say that. That's true. Things. And, that's, and like, no, what, what are you going to do? Like, you can't say, hey, man, we're going to talk about that later. You know, like you can't yeah. say, hey, we're going to we're going to have to, re, you know, take a look at that. And we'll, we'll talk about it later. You know, like it, it, let's let that. I understand everyone's a pat he the moment. But you can't tell me that Cliff Daniels isn't. I'm sorry, dude. But like he needs to get dragged to the hauler for that bullshit. You can't be doing that kind of crap. Egging your driver on to do stupid things or Jeff Gordon do haul his ass in there to the office. I'm sorry, but I wouldn't want my race team to do that kind of crap. I know you're pissed off. Believe me. I get it. I would be pissed off too. But don't wreck a damn don't don't you dare pull a William Byron and intentionally wreck somebody. Yeah. And no, that's yeah, and, and that's where I get mad, dude. Like it wasn't the race move, and that's why I think we we kind of differ. I, I would I would want my race car driver to to to, to fierce, fearlessly make those kind of moves, and he he has proven that himself to make those moves and for them to pay off. If the car is handling well, if that and that's a good that's kind of a good yeah. precursor to that. If the car is handling well and it's not out of shape, he can make that shit stick. If he does it, he's a great driver. There's no question about that. It's the the getting out of the car and this taking just taking a I mean man. And then on the radio, dude, the radio communication in, in that whole scenario is just downright disrespectful for like a lot of things. And it just it should have gotten to that. Like I just that's why I'm I'm angry because it's it's one of those things where Kyle Larson, what do you expect him to do? He hits the wall, he runs out of real estate. He's obviously pissed off in that situation, but for his crew chief to basically egg him on to go do something stupid. Sorry, man. I wouldn't want my crew chief to do that. I mean, I would want you to, you know what I want you to do, do a coal trickle and give me a rental car with 
with Rowdy Burns and we'll figure this shit out. That's what I would want. But that's just- yeah, I mean, but I, in a, you know, and I think in a way, Kyle made a, uh, you know, made a calculated business decision. Um, and I, and I could definitely see Denny, you know, if they're in, if they're in a, a similar predicament, like, all right, you know, like this guy probably owes me one, you know, maybe next time we're racing, do, uh, you know, do I make a business decision and cut him a little bit of a break? He could, you know, because right now we're, I mean, if you look at it from a, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're not even we're it's, I mean, you know, they the both talk. Yeah. Chris, the problem is though, is Larson's getting run over by multiple drivers in the, in the, in the, in the sport right now. It's not just Denny doing it. It's like, but you, you look at it from the perspective of, uh, if if you're able to, you know, like if any sport, like when these guys, when these guys, if you're racing the same guys every single week and you get to know them and you know the way they drive and you are, um, um, you, you can smell weakness. And I think in a way, guys like Denny and Kevin Harvick and Joey Logano and, and a lot of these guys who ha- have, you know, cerebral tendencies, I'll, I'll say, like they can smell weakness in a guy. Like let's let's give no doubt Kyle Larson's probably if not a gener is is probably a generational talent in the sport. I mean, we you could probably put him with the likes of AJ Foyt and Mario Andretti and Tony Stewart of guys who could drive anything. But when it comes down to it, if a guy if a guy shows any semblance of weakness, like okay, hey, I could put this guy in a really bad spot and he's gonna probably lift, I'm gonna keep doing it until until he pushes back. I don't disagree. I just find it disheartening. And as a, as if you, you gave me the hypothetical as a, as a race car owner, would, would, would you want him to, to, to race in that style? I think it's not the style. Um, as I said it earlier, it's not the style. It's the, 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 the actions after the fact. And I think was it was a Kim Reynolds that had the interview with Kyle Larson. Is that who had the interview? Uh, you thought the governor of Iowa? No, not Kim Reynolds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry dude oh man i'm thinking about politics too much no who was the uh kim, who, coon. kim coon was the one i, I reckon i knew it was somebody uh she had the interview with larson and she really tried to get some answers out of him and it was really interesting to hear because she's i i think we've seen I, I mean i could be wrong chris but the the amount of interviews she has done and in, in, like she's obviously been around the sport a long time but she's done the interviews like that are like right there in the moment of like like the hot in the bottom. Like it, it you could tell the guy's under hot under the collar. You know, he's not he's not a uh, cooled down from what just happened. And and it's not like an Austin Dillon. I just threw my helmet in a shitty girly way across the track and didn't hit anybody. Um, I just find it funny how he. He was trying to like I mean, what could be wrong, Chris? But like he was trying to deflect. Like he didn't want to, he didn't want to deal with it right there. But he knew he has to now. Like he has no choice. These drivers are gonna, I mean, like you said, blood in the water. They're gonna, fu- they're gonna make them, they're making, make them make a decision one way or the other next week because they're I going mean, where? They're they're going. Uh, I believe what they're going to Richmond. Is that where going or where they going? Yeah, um, Richmond. Yep. Which uh, which yeah. Kyle won. Kyle won in the spring, and then Denny won. Uh, he won one of the races last year. So I think they're definitely gonna be two of the favorites. So we could see these guys battling for the win on. Uh, on and, Sunday. And, and I, I believe that that track is more of a uh, how well you use your tires and how the car is handling 
yep. more than a racing line situation or using exactly. aero or using aerodynamics. Of course, yep. aerodynamics are used in the sport, but Richmond is one of the few tracks, in my view, that it's the racing line is. It depends. It moves. It goes. Yeah. You know, it, uh, drivers, and, uh, it drivers, drivers control it. the destiny there more. So, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. And uh, it, it's going to be interesting, man. I, I think, legitimately, what what happens? What comes of it? Obviously, Hamlin is becoming a reputation, though. Obviously, congratulations on the win. Obviously, surpassing my favorite race car driver in wins at Pocono. He, he passed Jeff Gordon. Um. I know people are like, well, you know, Jeff Gordon retired, man, like six years ago, man. Like, you got to pick another driver to like. I get it. You know how hard it is to find one that you really like when your entire lifetime? There's still people who are alive to this day that would still enjoy Dale Earnhardt, okay? Not junior. I'm talking about senior. So get off my back. But I'll find me another race car driver eventually. Maybe it's a Penske guy. Maybe it's a Hendrick guy. Who knows? We'll figure it out. But as a fandom, yeah, he won. He won his his fiftieth race win total, and he won his was it? I think what five hundred for Toyota. Uh, Six hundred for Toyota. Six hundred for Toyota. I Which, think it, him. I think him being the him winning the race for the six hundred wins for Toyota is a pretty big deal, knowing that he you, now owns a race team. Uh, yeah, it's a Toyota deal, and, and and the amount of like there's obviously a pretty heavy good partnership there. And I don't I don't disagree with. Anything that he does on the racetrack, what I don't like, and I already specified this why I don't like it, it's don't sugarcoat this. Like, I listen to the podcast, dude, and this is why it hurts me to listen to his podcast. Like you said, he delivers really well when it comes to, like, the um, the the information in a way that's digestible to people, but that delivery is just, ugh. I, I, don't, I don't know why. I just can't get across. I, I just... It just sounds like a complete resident douche canoe. I, I just can't. I, I mean, it, it sounds, you know what it sounds like, dude? And this call to politics is brought to you in part by, uh, this sounds like Ron DeSantis on a freaking, on Adderall. Like, um, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like a sniffly guy's got some allergies going on, you know, delivery. And I, I just can't, can't get over that. But that's a personal thing. That's not a professional thing, but, you know. By the way, the thoughts of the person that hosts this podcast is his alone. All sponsors involved in this podcast, or theoretically any sponsor that wants to do this, feel free uh, to you know join the podcast anytime. But <laughs> I, well, real, real quick, I know we're getting towards the end here, but one of the things I, I think you know we talked we talked about the the milestones that have been set. I mean, um, you know, people have their opinions about about Toyota and their involvement. And, in nascar and but i mean the fact that they have won you think figure toyota toyota joined you know nascar's nascar's top three series or you know uh, broken the truck series in 2004 and uh you know they 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 joined the cup series in 2007 and for them to rack up 600 wins across all three series in less than 20 in you know a little 20 a little under 20 years give or take 20 years that is it's impressive. It's, it's impressive. I, I think it is impressive, but you also got to keep in mind too. They have spent a boatload of cash for those six hundred oh, yeah. wins, my friend, and and that's where I don't agree with the the business mindset. Um, 
And that's just me as a race car fan. And, and it's not a slight on any one, one thing or any other thing. It's just for me, Chevrolet with Hendrick and the Fords and the situation that have come through the lineage of the sport. I don't say that Toyota is like, it's whatever it's a, to me, it's another manufacturer in the sport. That's a good thing. Um, they have support through their driver development program, which is great. They've spent a boatload of cash. I mean, they probably spent three yachts full of cash on the driver developmental and have gotten some results, some not so good results. And, and that's just what you're going to get with driver development type situations. I they think also, they also factor in too. I mean, you know, from a, from us, from a sponsorship standpoint, from a branding standpoint, a lot of money. advertisement standpoint, I mean, you know, I mean, let's we we'll make no no bones about it when it comes to you know General Motors and Ford Motor Company. I mean, they're not as they're not primary sponsor on a race car, dude. Yeah, any you yeah. know, and then obviously you know Do- you know Dodge has been out of sport for decades, and you know they the Pontiac brand's been out of NASCAR. You know, Pontiac doesn't even exist anymore. Um, you know, Toyota really has been a big catalyst in uh, in really propping up the sport itself. You know, and keeping it where. Uh, yeah, you know, again, not being Toyota Homer over here by any means, but you know they, uh, they you, know, you can you can be a Homer for whoever you as, want, man. I, I don't hate it. <laughs> but as you know, as as you know, the big you know the big three here in America have you know either you know kind of stagnated their spend in motorsports or have cut back their spend in motorsports or whatever it might be, whatever level of of um, you know involvement they have. I mean, Toyota has always been steadfast in uh, in their involvement in motorsports. So I mean, for that you gotta. You got to give them props, especially what they've done in in NASCAR. You know, I'm sure everybody would be remiss to say they'd love to see another manufacturer get involved in the sport uh, in the future. But you know, again, definitely props. I, to- I think I think seriously, another uh, they've had that conversation about another manufacturer. That might be another episode worthy of yeah. topic. But I, I think yeah. it, it's one of these things where I think Toyota's legacy in the sport, Chris, is is legitimately the driver developmental program. And, and I think that's – and obviously, the truck series um, really is theirs. I mean, I, I'm not disagreeing with Thor Sport and others that are not Toyota-type teams. Kyle Busch Motorsports is a Toyota-based team and things like that. But there's – I think without Toyota in the sport, the truck series probably would have been dead. Absolutely. Um, and, and so yeah. – um, and a lot of these drivers, these younger guys, younger kids, and I, I call them kids because they're younger than us, but um, showing us our age here. But, um, you know, they wouldn't maybe have rides to, to compete at a high level. And, and competing at a high level is all you ask these, these guys and the girls to do and to get their race craft put together in, in a logical way where they can compete at the highest level. And, and, and that's what you really want. But I think that's Toyota's legacy in a sport. Obviously, the wins are the important thing. Everyone cares about wins and losses. If you're not first, you're last, as they would say. Um, but to me, their legacy is definitely the driver developmental program. We've seen it. I, I, I could probably – I don't have enough fingers and toes to count on how many drivers have come through those those ranks and have been at a really high level. Um, I think uh, in, in contrast to Toyota, I could be remiss and say that what junior has done with junior motorsports in the Xfinity level. Um, he's done well for, 
for Chevrolet in that situation to give those guys, those kids, a, a, a seat uh, to develop. And, and that's kind of important at the lower ranks uh, of NASCAR. Uh, and not to be remiss about being lower rank, but the cup level is the cup level. Um, a lot of people, I think, have some hesitation about Toyota. I do. I'm not a fan of Toyota's. I don't know. Just they don't look, you know, over the years, man. Like I, I, if you put Toyota back in like 1980s, what would what would that car look like? A Ford Pinto? I mean, <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know what the car would look like because um, the Toyota Camry's taken on some weird, weird looks over the years. Same thing with Honda. Honda would be nice uh, in the Cup Series to me personally um, to see their involvement in that. But I think it, there needs to be another manufacturer for sure. I think Chris, we can both agree with that. Um, it would be good for the sport in my view. Yeah. Um, just kind of, not just for the driver standpoint, but just if they're going into this, this world of everything is pre-built stock cars, they call it. And everything is all parts and OEM parts and things like that. And there's no main, there's no re, you know, any of that kind of stuff. It, to me, it's, it's, uh, why can't we get a Dodge? Why can't we get a Honda? Why can't we get a um, Porsche? Uh, why can't we get anybody? Really? Um, obviously, everyone goes, "Oh, it's American race cars." Why don't we get a rare team? Dude, there's only so many damn American manufacturers. How are we get a Tesla race car? How's that going to work out for you, bud? Um, but <laughs> I think that's what Toyota's legacy is. Definitely driver development. But I mean it. Where 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 is it gonna go? I'll be interested to see, like you said earlier, uh, with 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 those two race car drivers at Richmond, and are, I I doubt I, personally I doubt Larson's gonna get him back right away. It's gonna let that one sit. I mean, for the ratings, obviously the NASCAR's like egging them on real hard right now. You can tell the 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 homers for NASCAR are like yeah, wreck them now, yeah, wreck them now. It gets old, man. Like I, I don't think it's a smart idea. I just think give those two guys some rental cars like Days of Thunder and let them wreck each other, dude. Yeah. yeah. That's just very, very true, true, man. Well, well, we'll, we'll see, see what, what happens, happens this weekend. weekend. Yeah. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you joining me, dude. I know it's a fun field conversation for uh for racing this week. Maybe we'll get into some politics next week. Maybe hell, we'll go back to racing. Yeah. Maybe, you know, it's just uh we're flip-flopping it around because you know. There's a lot going on in the summer months. The dog days of summer are real, you know? And uh, as much as I like to kick around the politics topic all the time, you got to have to give it a break, you know, and let things just happen, you know? And then when things do happen, which they're bountiful to do, you talk about. Like yeah. like, you know, like like the events that happened today. You know, we, we can wait and talk about that at a later time. And then when, when we do, it's going to be fun. And so everyone have a good rest of your week. Don't work too hard. Have many cervezas. And uh, mucho, mucho agua. Uh, you know, eat healthy. Sleep well. Have a good week, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate you joining me. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Do it again soon. Absolutely. See you next week, everybody. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Feel free to follow us on social media via Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook.